0: Hey. Come on, I'll take I got five stops to make. What's your name? Max. Max, I'm Vincent. I'll meet you in the alley behind the building. Oh, no! What the hell? You killed him. Red light, Max. Hold on, hold on. Man, you were gonna drive me around tonight and never be the wiser, but we're into plan B. Now, we gotta make the best of it. Improvise, adapt to the environment. Whatever, man, we gotta roll with it. You just met him once, and you kill him like that? What, I should only kill people after I get to know them? I'm not up for this. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? There's a man named Vincent. I got another DOA. He's already killed witnesses. He's coming to kill you. Rolling! What's my work? I gotta roll with it. Adapt. Get your hands in the air! That's funny coming from you. Slow down! Silky.
1: So Trent.
2: So parth. Uh Hello. good to see you. Likewise. It feels like we haven't done this in a long time.
1: It it really does. Uh well, we haven't done a discussion for like three weeks now, I guess
2: these two parters are really buying us a lot of time. And I think we took a, Our, a week off out of we did. general unpreparedness, laziness. And we something. just,
1: we needed to record an intro. It was Thanksgiving break. It wasn't going to happen. Cool. Um, But you know what has happened?
2: We both watched Collateral and ate food. I was going to
1: say we've both consumed something. Um,
2: In preparation for the episode.
1: Or just, like, for our general health. But I guess if you only do it for the episode, that's nice. Um, I only but I'm...
2: started eating once we once had Once craft services started? Yeah. So you can imagine what the first, like, <clears throat> 19 and a half years of my life. It was, like, it was a waiting game.
1: But uh, what, what have you eaten most recently?
2: I had a r- ramen cup um, with the little dehydrated vegetables and the sauce and the oil packet. Wow. And then I am How very college the- student of you. I I had a similar thought. It's not something I do particularly a lot, but um f- financially I feel like I'm I'm sort of on my heels right now. And so I've been trying to see what of my pantry I can eat. And so last night I had pancakes and apple and tonight
1: pancakes and apple. Wow.
2: I part we need outside the box think- thinking. And this morning um was Maruchin... Well, it wasn't ramen formally, but uh, you know, some sort of knockoff. Uh, yeah, but
1: uh, I, it, I'm putting I'm picking up what you're putting down.
2: But it wasn't the bag where you need to boil water separately. It came in the cup and then you fill it to the fill line, wow. which is a feature that I really admire. And then you can just throw it away after, which in the grand scheme of things is probably bad, but in short-term thinking, I appreciate it. What about mm. you? Um I
1: had well, I'll say the last 3 things I ate.
2: Oh, um, cool. I mean, it goes against the structure of the show, but other than that it's cool.
1: Well, I can go backwards. I can tell you the thing I most recently ate and then just go back from there. Um uh the last the, the last two things I ate are kind of in conjunction with each other. I had a 2-day old crispy cream donut um which I'd gotten um a two dozen. Days, 2 days from, ago, apparently yeah, f- uh f- from when I was leaving New York for my last day for my internship. Oh, Um,
2: that's when you were, uh, now that you're safely off the premises, we can say you were trying to waste time because you were asking. On my last day,
1: on my last day, I was procrastinating pretty badly.
2: You were like, Trent, please send me the cut of your student film. Under no other circumstances would I want this, but I really want to kill time.
1: It's the exact words. I also had one strawberry frosted Pop-Tart. Just those two things because I was feeling a little peckish before the show. hmm and before that, for lunch, my first real meal of the day, I had some dragon chicken from Jinsoi, Um, which has managed to last me three, diff- three different meals. Wow. Yeah.
2: Jinsoy is where we went that one time. Remember that? Yes.
1: No, I- I'm aware. I remember the time.
2: I would be shocked if my mom listened to this collateral discussion. <clears throat> so I, so I think we can we can talk honestly about what happened. If we, do you want me to succinctly summarize what happened? Um, sure. So basically, me and my mom and you, or me, you. Yeah, it was it was gonna me, be me, uh, my mom, and Jackson.
1: It was gonna be you, your mom, and Jackson. We're gonna go to lunch. Yes, and, and, then, Jin,
2: and Jin Soi was the decided place, which is the yes. through line in this story. And then we're and at- then you
1: added Sarah. Yeah. And, because and, she was going to be your roommate.
2: Yes, and my mom had not yet met Sarah. And so, uh, coincidentally, all of us are sort of hanging out at your apartment, which is right by Jin Soi. Like an hour or so, this is going to happen. And so we add Sarah. No, no, did- no,
1: no, 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 no. Th- this that, that happened after. but the- Trent, do you not remember the the man across the building?
2: Oh my god! That that's all the it's same the story. Same same day.
1: Same same day. Let let me tell this.
2: Oh please you, please
1: please. You you and Jackson were gonna go to lunch, uh, with your mom, uh, because mm-hmm. she wanted to take you out for lunch. And then you said, "Well, uh, can Sarah come? Because she's gonna be my roommate." And she you said, "Okay, sure." And then, uh, then the three of you came over to my apartment the night before because I was having a party at my apartment. Oh. And then, <laughs> and then. Um, just before you came over to my apartment, you told your mom, hey, can we add Parth along? Because, um, you know, he's my Parth. He's my roommate. Wait, no, he's my podcast co-host. I think and she
2: still may have not met you by that point.
1: No, she had not. Yeah. I'd never met your mom. And then um, your mom was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. mm mm-hmm. <clears throat>
2: But and you then, could feel you could feel the tension in her voice starting to Well,
1: I burn. didn't know. I was not privy to this. All I knew was you told me, Hey, you wanna come to lunch with my mom? And I was like, All right, sure. Yeah. And then um I was just
2: trying to I was just like, We're doing this, so let's kill yeah. as many birds with this single stone as possible. Yeah.
1: Oh, kill as many and, birds. That's that's um what Trent calls spending time with me. And let's make um, the
2: let's just let's just make this a mega lunch. And um, then to, to end all lunches uh,
1: because I was having this party, of course, that was the weekend and so, uh front of the show. Sophia Alexis came along mm-hmm. uh, or came, came to my apartment and I told Sophia like, Oh, uh, look, I guess I'm going to have to be gone for lunchtime. She was like, all right. And then Trent said, wait, why don't you come along? W- w- you, you can come along too. And I was like, ah, all right, works for me. And Sophia was like, works for me. Yeah. And so the morning after the party, you call your mom, and we're all hanging out in my living room, and then Trent sort of hides off into my room where Sophia Alexis is trying to sleep after yes. being um I guess incapacitated from the night before. Um and um
2: I, I think we should take a pause in the story and talk about the man across the street.
1: That's M- Isn't- uh, that that's gonna take so long uh we'll do wait how about this well for the if you are interested there's a crazy story coming for you at the end of this episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay fine
1: um but anyways uh trent hides off into my room and then i'm like hanging out talking with the people still there and then i'm like whoa um trent's been gone for a bit and i go back and i just see like (sighs) (sighs) like i see trent just like not having a good time on on the phone with his mom and then afterwards um uh trent do you want to say what the conversation i I wasn't there
2: um i won't get too into the details but basically just uh uh, my mom was like you have grown this lunch one person too large and not that i I believe
1: the words you said were we're just adding anybody now When, when, when we added, she was like, and we're just adding parts girlfriend now. And uh, you were like, these are my dearest friends.
2: Yes, that is true. And you do, you do have stuck around years later, but, um, I, yes. And so now we joke that's that my mom secretly hates Sophia Alexis, even though they've never met and have no reason to have, they have met, they have met when,
1: when you, me and Jordan and Sophia went to the beach.
2: Oh. You're correct, um. But I, at but other same,
1: than that, I don't think there's th- there's been any contact.
2: At the same time, I once uh brought. <clears throat> I was trying to bring a love interest to the house on my father's birthday dinner question mark and my mom said, "Why are you bringing this person? We're never gonna see them again." Wow. And, and so uh it just like phone calls with my mom sometimes but uh saw last night great lady came to support me at the showcase so these cancel each other out and if mom you're listening to the uh, to the if you're you're listening to the collateral discussion i'm thoroughly shocked and i apologize and if uh and if not no one tell her please
1: yeah and with that let's cue the intro Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on The Picture. The last two weeks, who have we had, Trent?
2: Set, designer, Clint, Wallace.
1: And for what film, Trent?
2: Michael Mann's Collateral, and he also worked on such films as The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, John Wick 3, Parabellum, Top Gun Maverick, um, and additional examples. Yeah, just some films. John Wick is a movie that crossed my mind several times while watching this film.
1: Mm, yeah. Especially uh, one scene.
2: Oh, uh, what, the like the dancing? N- yeah, yeah, 100% . Um so Parth, we have a whole film to discuss, but something today happened to me that has never happened to me. Trent, and- Tr-
1: when we when we started this call, Trent said that he had something important and and crazy to tell me, but that he was saving it for when we were actually recording so we could do it on air.
2: I don't know if I can seriously classify this as important, but noteworthy for sure. Okay. Sure. Um. So let me set the stage. I
3: am in the room that I'm in now, and I'm cleaning my room, and it smelled a bit musty. And oh. I, yeah, I mean, no surprises there. And so I thought, let's crack, let's crack a window, let's get some air in here. And so I open the window in my closet and another one, like, near my bed. And the one near my bed, the screen is up because sometimes when I close my closet door, like, my drawers sort of, like, it's hard to explain. But my drawers from my dresser poke out and they make it hard to... To open the door. And so I have to climb out through the window onto the roof out into the other window in through that and then open the door that way. And so a long way of saying that the screen is not on one of the windows. And um, so I'm standing there cleaning my room and I see a squirrel crawl up my window and through my window and it's standing on my hamper in my room and um I just stared at it for a while and then I was like if this squirrel like wants to come in here and like find food or like crawl under my bed like it's gonna be like a whole day thing trying to get it out and so I just like raised my, I kind of used like what tactics I would use for a bear and I like raised my hands really big and I just started like barking at it. And I was like, move, get out, get out. And after, like, and it for a while, like was surprisingly unfazed. And then I like started creeping closer and then, and then it ran out the window, but there was a squirrel, there was a squirrel in my room today. That that was pretty crazy. I I would classify that as important.
2: Yeah, but that's all. Yeah,
3: oh,
1: nice.
2: You th- what do you think of that?
1: uh I, again. I I'd classify that as important. Oh, an nice. important story. Well, an important story for craft services lore. You know. Yes, 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 yes. You should add but, some squirrel sound effects.
2: But I I will say I, that I can do. Um, when I lived in <clears> Jackson's <throat> small room, squirrels would like crawl on the windowsill. And, like, I would look at them through the screen, and I was like, oh, this is so cute and nice. But I hate to say how quickly the cute factor was gone once there was a fear of the squirrel actually being loose in my house.
1: Yeah, that'll like, do I, it.
2: I felt like I would have had to call someone and pay someone, or I would have had to, like, irresponsibly just try to, like, trap it in a garbage bag. And, yeah, someone, someone would have gotten hurt. Well, we've been talking for a long time. haven't we have. even, haven't even attempted. Have not to... gotten. Yeah. And so you want to start? You want,
1: oh, you want a podcast?
2: No. Well, we've been podcasting. That's not the question. Do we want to try to be productive with the podcast mm. and like go through our normal sections?
1: I think so. I think maybe it's your turn to give a five or sorry, 10 word synopsis of the film.
2: Great. Um, Professional, assassin, must kill. Five people in one night. And then I have one extra word. I'm just going to say taxi. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: um, well, the official IMDb synopsis is a cab driver finds himself the hostage of an engaging contract killer as he makes his rounds from hit to hit during one night in Los Angeles.
2: It's hard to say, like... Like, Jimmy Foxx is obviously, like, proposed as the main character, but I, I don't know why my head... Uh, I mean, it's Cruzapalooza after all. It is Cruzapalooza. But it, at least in terms of explaining what the movie was, I I don't I sort of told through Jimmy Fox's perspective, but like this is, this is like all of the action is motivated yeah, I mean, by Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's definite, I think it's definitely Max's movie. Um, especially by the yeah. end Especially but
2: since he's playing the same character That he plays in Amazing, <laughs> in Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 Where his name is also Max And he's yeah. also like a sad New Yorker with big glasses
1: Well he's in LA but yeah
2: Oh yes yes true sorry
0: There you go you okay? You alright? Just
2: Spider-Man gets it away. Huh? Look, this is pretty important Max How do you know my name? It's written on your badge I'm a nobody Hey you're not a nobody you're
0: somebody Like that Listen to me. I need you. You're my eyes and ears out here. All right? All right. Stay out there.
1: Trent, do you want to give me the budget and box office, please?
2: Yes. Yes, sir. The budget is $65 million, and the box office is $220.9 million. Not bad. No, it's no Avatar 2 The Way of Water out this weekend. Sorry.
1: Projected to gross... Like $600 million this weekend.
2: Well, Parth, if they don't become the fourth biggest grossing movie of all time, they lose money, so there's a lot at stake.
1: Hey, never bet against James Cameron.
2: There was so (laughs) much, I feel like, Avatar apathy in the air, and now that I've started to sniff it out, There, like the Avatar supporters are there. You just have to look. There,
1: they are. They, they really are.
2: Antral came by the equipment room yesterday, and he's. I'm pretty sure he said something to the effect of, "I'm gonna go see Avatar for the next three days." And I wish I felt so strongly about something, but
1: I guess I felt that strongly about about Top 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 Gun Maverick. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not gonna be ready for when Mi Seven comes out if you thought Top Gun was bad. Anyways, um, production history. Please. So, writer Stuart Beatty took a cab home from the Sydney airport when he was 17 and had the idea for a homicidal maniac sitting in the back of a cab with the driver talking to him. He wrote a two page treatment titled The Last Domino and then began writing a screenplay around that treatment. <clears throat> The original story centered around an African-American female cop who witnesses a hit and the romance between the cab driver and his then-librarian girlfriend. And the final mm-hmm. film obviously has limited resemblance to the original treatment. So while waiting tables, BD comes into contact with Julie Richardson, a producer who is working um, for Frank Darabont, Rob Fried, or Freed, and Chuck Russell's company Edge City. And they were trying to make movies at HBO. So BD pitched The Last Domino, got a meeting, and got the project set up at Edge City. But after two drafts, HBO passed on the project. After a general meeting at DreamWorks, BD mentioned the script to executive Mark Hames, who read the script, and put an offer on it the next day.
2: Isn't seeing the DreamWorks logo at the start of this, like, very intense adult movie pretty surreal?
1: It's this combined with Saving Private Ryan. Really (laughs) weird to see that little boy. Um, in in the in the D, um.
2: Wait, fishing <laughs> fishing off the moon.
1: Fishing off the moon.
2: Isn't the DreamWorks logo? Isn't he fly fishing now? He is. Or, yeah. He always
1: was, but uh, they've changed it to like incl- it's like a Marvel style logo. Like, Thank God. Yeah. At least one more thing is you know. Um.
2: We should Marvelify this podcast. Like we should do like po- like. Uh, he's right behind uh, me. He's, he? right behind he, me he's right me. behind <laughs> me. He's right behind me. Isn't he?
1: response uh, director Mimi leader letter and cinematographer Yanis Kaminski hey Spielberg's guy were attached to the project uh, they dropped uh, the project and then it later went to Brazilian director Fernando Mireles Mireles, anyways who turned it down because he would have had to move to LA for eight months he wanted the film to be a comedy in the vein of after hours which I can kind of see with this concept it kind of is but like not as, like, funny. Um Intentionally so.
2: Yeah. Uh, funny is not one of the first 100 words that comes to my mind. When
1: I, I this, this movie is movie. kind of funny. E- like, he didn't kill him. Bullets in the fall killed him. That's hilarious. Anyways. Um Russell Crowe.
2: Mark Ruffalo's hair and facial hair yeah. <laughs> is, is, is the most uh, humorous thing happening in this film to me.
1: Russell Crowe was interested in the role of Vincent and got Michael Mann involved, and it originally took place in New York City, but was revised to be set in LA once Mann came aboard. Crowe left due to delays in production. Mann then approached Tom Cruise with the intention of Cruise playing Vincent and Adam Sandler playing Max. Wow. Sandler dropped out due to scheduling conflicts with Spanglish, so at least he got to make Spanglish in the end. Never even Um, heard of that. Uh, Beatty wanted to hire Robert De Niro as Max, but the studio wanted somebody much younger. Cuba Gooding Jr. turned down the role as he thought it would be miscast, and Mann did not want him because it would remind audiences of Jerry Maguire.
2: If he cast Robert De Niro, this would just be Heat 2.
1: Yeah, Ex- extra, kind of.
2: Extra Heat.
1: Um.
2: Heat 2, Get Out the King.
1: <clears throat> Finally, Jamie Foxx was offered the role, um, to prepare for his role, Cruz uh, worked as a FedEx delivery man. Um, oh, man-
2: wait! <laughs> I see the little touch you did there.
1: Uh, do you want to tell the audience what that is, or?
2: Yeah, sorry. Uh, visual joke uh, in the production history. It says FedEx delivery man, and then there's an extra N in parentheses,
1: like in reference to Michael Mann, yeah. the director of the film.
2: I knew that you would like, <coughs> and therefore include this Tom Cruise FedEx thing because one, 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 so funny. one, one image it creates in my mind.
1: Um. Also, something I didn't include in the production history um, but is true is that Tom Cruise would, uh, while preparing for the role, would choose certain—he would be given by Michael Mann somebody to, like, tag and, like, follow and then put a hit on them. And Tom Cruise would have to, like, hide in plain sight and just sort of follow these crew members around and, like, come come up to them with a fake, like, finger gun and, like, be like— Got you. Wow.
2: Um. I can't decide how I feel about that. Um. I can't tell if it's like futile in like the Daniel Day Lewis trying to build a log cabin before doing like a a sixteen hundreds movie, but I I like the idea of Tom Cruise finger gunning people. Isn't that
1: crazy? Isn't that so funny? Anyways, um.
2: It's like it's like I'm envisioning <coughs> Tom Cruise doing like the Jackass thing. Where he sneaks up. What, have you, haven't you? have you only seen the newest Jackass?
1: I've never seen any of them.
2: Oh. Well, basically, in the first <coughs> few Jackass films, Johnny Knoxville will, like, sneak up behind someone, and it'll be, like, a POV camera, and he'll have, like, a straight razor, and then he'll just, like, buzz people's heads from behind, and, like, the psycho music will play, and that's what I'm envisioning Tom Cruise wow. doing with a finger. Imagine
1: down. getting your hair buzzed off, and you turn around and it's Tom Cruise. Want
2: to play back?
0: Hey, what
1: the fuck Jada Pinkett Smith spent time with an attorney to inform her performance. Sorry, I just Wow. Oh, mother.
2: Um. Will Smith uh, is. Ah.
1: Do you want to insert the?
2: Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I like that. That's the Will Smith. joke. Wow, it was a GI
1: Jane joke. It was a Anyways. GI
2: Jane joke. <laughs>
1: Val Kilmer was originally cast in the film as Detective Fanning, but exited to star in Oliver Stone's Alexander, which okay. led to Mark Ruffalo's casting. Um, Jason Statham made a small appearance in a role un- accredited as Airport Man, and Louis Leterrier, co-director of The Transporter, interpreted Statham's scene as a portrayal of his transporter character, Frank Martin.
2: Yeah, when you see a famous person in an early scene, even if they later become famous, you think... He's got to come back later. This has to be narratively important. And it's just an early Jason Statham portrayal of yeah. air, of guy in airport.
1: Filming took place throughout Los Angeles with Los Angeles International Airport and Koreatown being used for set pieces. And filming was also done in Pico Rivera, California. For filming the cab crash scene, it was Fox driving the vehicle with Cruz in the backseat. Wow. After three weeks of filming, cinematographer Paul Cameron left the project due to creative differences with man and cinematographer Dion Beebe was brought on to replace him. Mann chose to film using the Viper Filmstream high-definition camera to film many of Collateral's scenes, though the sequence in The Nightclub was shot in 35mm uh, film. Uh, James Newton Howard composed the score with Antonio Pinto providing additional music, and the film was released on August sixth, two 2004, to a very positive critical reaction.
2: All of the uh all all of the casting what ifs are like really crazy and like really yeah. make this This could have been make... a very different movie. Especially <laughs> yeah. like Adam Sandler, it feels like this is so far from what it would be app- such must a different have been role. trying to be.
1: Yeah. Um Well like I think Max is like sheepish. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that like I guess he is kind of sheepish in like Punch Drunk Love, but like in a very different way.
2: I I'm just imagining the water boy in in, in inserted yeah. into this like pretty serious uh movie for men. men I could yeah.
1: I I could more imagine like like late career Adam Sandler as Vincent or like as mm. like uh like like if his character in Utcut Gems was not like a doofus, you know what I mean? Like yeah, just I mean, like
2: if you've checked Hughie Halloween <clears throat> yet, I actually think it's a really good portrayal. I haven't like, seen exactly it. what you're trying to talk about. I feel like no um, woman on planet Earth is like, yo. I actually love Collateral. Is that uh,
1: that's not entirely true? I mean, there are, but it. Well, Michael Mann on the whole kind of makes. I mean, boy it's, movies. It's
2: in the it's in the name, but yeah. Uh, you know what I, I mean? Like I, I he think- makes like
1: like I I don't know that Heat is really I, I, a four quadrant.
2: No, it's you know? not. But I was gonna say he is good enough where it extends past the threshold where you can be like, but like, but like, it's really good. Even to be
1: though- fair, I did show Sophia Alex, friend of the show, Sophia Alexis, this movie Lo- local not, female, not <laughs> the local female, um, Sophia Alexis, this movie like two months ago, and she and really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. And this is a, a quite a boy movie, isn't that shocking? Sophia hates boy movies.
2: And yes, yes, and. I thought like comedy and like action were like her two greatest opponents. And I would say
1: she she can enjoy an action movie more than a comedy is my opinion.
2: I don't think But we have, I think
1: she she's mostly bored by both.
2: I don't think we have enough time to get into understanding what y- your uh what your good friend doesn't like about sitting in a movie theater and laughing amongst other moviegoers. Um, for, for, for 90 to 100 minutes, but I say we just keep chugging along and to the fun facts.
1: Well, nice, nice intro or transition.
2: Thanks. So Tom Cruise really fell when he stepped on the office chair and Michael Mann liked the anomaly so much that he left it in the film. Javier Bardem only filmed for two days, but spent <coughs> several months learning to speak English with the Mexican inflection for the role. Tom- I would just
1: hire someone with Mexican inflection, you know?
2: 2 months seems like a long time for 2 days of shooting. It's like my mom always says if you're taking a vacation, like that means like there's at least 2 travel days and so you need to spend at least <coughs> 4 days at the destination. So double the amount of travel days in order to make the vacation worth it. And mm. so I think Michael Mann should have used my mom's vacation policy with ha- ha- Javier Bardem's learning to speak English with Mexican inflection for the role. Tom Cruise's tactical draw is so good in a scene from Collateral that it's used by experts in lessons for handgun training. You've talked about this. Um, Edward Norton was offered both lead roles, which, uh, like, now we're talking. Um, as I, could, in, I could
1: honestly see him as either.
2: Like, I think Tom Cruise... So, like, oddly enough, like, I'm glad he didn't, he's not Tom Cruise's role, because Tom Cruise is kind of, is both the reason, literally and figuratively, that I think we're talking about this movie. But I think Ed Norton being in this instead of Tom Cruise is a mistake, and I think Jamie Foxx does what is asked of him, but Ed Norton is just a more interesting actor to me than Jamie Foxx. well,
1: We'll talk about that later, but... um. I was going to say Ed Norton is like, can be both like, like scary enough to be Vincent and like weaselly enough to be Max. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So Tom Cruise trained for three months in how to handle firearms under the supervision of the LAPD. This is the first time Cruise had worked with Live Rounds. Remember in the interview when we I asked do. if yeah. he they used live rounds on set and, and set de- designer Clint Wallace was taken aback and he was like, maybe they use live rounds in the prep. So there's a quote from Michael Mann says, Tom is extraordinarily skilled at everything athletic that he tries. <clears throat> I'm just going to let that breathe for a second. Um, and Vincent tells Max that his father was abusive and died of liver failure in real life. Tom Cruise's father was a. Ab- abusive, and died of cancer. I guess uh, not of the liver, though. So
1: No. Well, I mean, I, it could be. We don't know.
2: I feel like it would have included that.
1: Well, I know that Tom Cruise hasn't revealed what his dad died of, other than cancer. Wow. It so.
2: So- sounds like, um, I feel like we're also still in Magnolia mode, where Magnolia is mm-hmm. also inspired by the real-life death of Tom Cruise's father. Yeah. Wow, and we're talking about Steven Spielberg next week. Like the, once you're in cruise mode, because we are. You, yeah, you talked about his DP. Once you're in cruise mode, it's hard to get out.
1: Mm, yeah, when like, you're on the cruise of Palooza, there's no coming off.
2: We might just have to pivot what this show is. <laughs> just goals. change it to a
1: Tom Cruise podcast.
2: No, just maybe readjust our goals, like oh, what we're okay. trying to accomplish, and our new goals being. Max we are creating
1: mine. thousands of jobs, you motherfuckers. You should include that clip.
0: We are the gold standard. You're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing.
1: I'm just telling you what to, what to include at this point.
2: No, that clip has appeared in several, several episodes, episodes already.
1: Um. All right. One star review time. Do you want to go first or should I?
2: Um. I'll go first. Um. So this is written by a person called CMZ. So it's TMZ's cousin. Um. And it says just shooting people for no reason. And then it says. Don't really know the plot, no twist, just shooting people. Don't waste your time watching. Just
1: shooting people.
2: Oh, wow, that makes this <clears throat> review more interesting. I I mean, it, I, I can see what they're going for, but it's funnier if they think that it's just shooing people.
1: Yeah. This next one is from Amazon Customer, and it says, Skip, um, my roommate ordered this on my account by... Accident, and their quotes,
2: bre- yeah, and their quotes around the accident, like they have a complicated relationship with their roommate.
1: Was the movie a one star? I don't know. Was it worth four dollars to have someone else watch it? Dot dot dot. Absolutely not.
2: This seems like they need to leave a review. Yeah, Amazon on customer their, on their roommate.
1: A, well, this was recorded at August third, twenty nineteen. Who knows what's happened since then?
2: It's like in um. Do you know? Have you watched the the rehearsal? Hmm. Do you know yeah. where the, where this is going? Yeah. Okay, so uh quickly for the people at home. If you've watched the rehearsal, there's the episode where they go to the woman who is the uh, the mo- the th- mother in quotes of the of Nathan's theoretical child in quotes and she's looking for a partner to m- m- parent you're like making a silly face to make me try to mess up. Um but she's looking for a partner and one of the guys she tries dating is just like this kind of foolish guy. And Nathan goes to his house and meets his roommate and they get into a fight and it's played for laughs. laughs. And then it, well, I guess, was the thing on Twitter more recently after it came out that someone messaged the guy. And said, like, haha, what's have you and your roommate like sorted things out and he was like bless up, my roommate got hit by a car and is dead. <laughs> like, thank God I was praying for this. You don't have a license plate? No. It's okay. But don't you need a license plate to drive? No. You don't need a license plate to drive? No.
1: Well, I did not I, know I, that.
2: Oh, really? You didn't even know the part that he was dead? No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that, that's the punchline that's crazy um supposedly but yeah uh and what uh, so this leaves the last one for me so this one's by mr c gardner and it says copyright infringement and it says i should have read the small print could not play it on my english player amazon should not support selling stuff that defies copyright what I this yeah, this I person... I, I don't I think, think this is a copyright issue. I think this is like a zoning problem. Yeah, you,
1: you bought something that's not the same region. Yes. Um, but I, I like the idea that this is copyright infringement. I just thought that was funny.
2: I like anyone who puts their <clears throat> Amazon name as... This would be like if <laughs> my Amazon C. name... Gardner. This would be like if my Amazon name was Mr. T.L. Gare. It's... You're Mr. P. Marate. That's
1: true. That's true.
2: Okay. Um. Well, where does this <coughs> leave us? This
1: leaves us to talk about the film, doesn't it? So,
2: yep. Yeah, talking about this movie <coughs> is basically we're just going to be mansplaining at each other. As in, like, literally Michael mansplaining. Mm,
1: mansplaining. Um, well, I know how I feel because I, I chose this miniseries and I chose the films in it. Um, and we all know the reason we did Cruzapalooza. Um, but I'm wondering how you felt.
2: Um, I don't know. Because I... wait,
1: because you you've seen this movie over many months, essentially.
2: I'd say my viewing habits of this movie have been the most chaotic of any movie that we've attempted to talk about on the show. In that before the interview I definitely watched the first half at least twice. Um, and then yesterday when we were going to do the discussion before I rescheduled cause, uh, because I was so sleepy, I watched like the first two thirds. And then a- again, I was like, I still don't really know what's going on, so I should start from the beginning. <laughs> and, and so I've seen the beginning of this movie at least four times. And I've seen the end of this movie at most one to one time. And that was only because I very... Was, the past two days, this movie has caused me to fall asleep. And so I only know how this movie ends because I scrubbed to the end and watched the dramatic final, wow. final, final scene.
1: Just the um, way Michael Mann intended.
2: Yeah, I mean, every <coughs> filmmaker dreams of their film being watched in parts and like on my laptop with really bad sound um but i i i've said this i this isn't a fair thing to say but this movie just makes me think of other movies that i like more and it makes me think of zodiac because it's mark ruffalo being a california police officer and it makes me think of john wick which i would just rather be watching and it makes me think of Heat, which I would also just rather be watching.
1: Well, these these are fighting words.
2: Um, and it makes me think of Amazing Spider-Man 2 for obvious reasons. Which
1: you would also rather be watching. Or am I, I wrong in that?
2: Like, I'm I'm not willing to go on the record of saying that, but I think like behind closed doors I might say that. Wow. Um That is wild. And this is a <clears> movie <throat> that I will say like like I, res- I i'm i respect what it's going for but just like not not my cup of tea mm. like like i feel like boy movies like this like they need to be like die hard or like john wick or like just like so clearly undeniably awesome to get through my sensibilities of trying to like weed through like, uh, Skyscraper, or whatever, Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie, or, uh, Rampage.
1: Rampage?
2: Yeah. Wait, but Black Adam. Yep, Black Oh, Adam. wait, but
1: we can't make fun of Black Adam. Our boy John Lee edited it.
2: Really? He did. Alright, that's our boy right there. Um, but, other than that, uh, my, my, my feelings are sort of fleeting.
1: Wow. This is heartbreaking. Wow.
2: Um, I, I'd, love, I'd love to hear what you like about this movie. Uh, like, uh, okay, when Tom Cruise, like, like when he kills the people in, like, the alley, and then he, like, does, like, the additional shot. Yo, as homie. He's w- yeah, <laughs> no, no. Literally, that line of dialogue in particular. And then he does the extra shot as he's walking away.
0: Yo, homie. Is that my briefcase? Is it your briefcase? Yeah, it is. Why, you want it back? What What else you got for me, huh? Ah! Fuck!
2: Like, like, there are little moments like that that are awesome. And I just need that. I, just like, the scene in this where they just, like, It's like basically just a music video and they just play like the most 2004 song ever and just them driving around and just kind of a montage. I'm just like, what's going on?
1: Wow. That's the stuff I love. Um, I'm like, I I really like, okay, so here's my take on the movie, which is that I think that the like first half is like five stars and then the second half.
2: so, So the half I've seen four times.
1: Yes. Um. And the second half is a force. Well, I don't know that I would rate it, like, five stars, but I just mean that it's, like, really great at what it's doing and, like, That's it's setting like, up. what it's... Yeah, it's, like, a a really great thing. And then the second half becomes pretty good. Um, and, uh, but, like, I I really like um, the two characters of Vincent and Max. Um, like, I kind of disagree with you on Jamie Foxx in this movie. I think that he's really good at portraying a certain kind of character, which is, I think, pretty difficult to play, which is somebody that's, Max as a character is so pathetic, um, but he never plays that in such a way where...
2: It makes him unlikable?
1: Yeah. And, and like, his romance, kind of, with Jada Pinkett Smith could come off as, like, creepy, mm-hmm. in that he's, like, taxicab hitting on Hitting on his but client,
2: he's, he's like so <laughs> suffocatingly nice that you can't make that. Yeah, thing. and not
1: and but but not suffocatingly like he. Well, he it's not like it's not like he's Mister Nice Guy or something like that. And I think that that's he straddles a really good line there, and I, I really like him and Cruz's dynamic with each other on uh, screen.
2: I like it when you feel. Like, when Tom Cruise is, like, talking to his, his like, operator guy. And you can, like, see Tom Cruise encouraging him to, like, be more than he is. A fat ass. Anyways. <laughs> um, But it extends so much so that when... uh, uh When Jamie Foxx's character is, like, having the meeting with Javier Bardem, I believe. Is that who he's playing? Yeah. I was just... Like, already days before that, but I was like, we got this character to have this interaction like an hour into the movie? Yeah. Well, just, well I mean... It's quite the transformation.
1: Well, that's the thing. I I like seeing Max's, um... I, I like that, like, Max and Vincent are two people on opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of one is willing to do whatever it takes to get what he wants as like a hitman. And the other is, has this dream of being like, I'm going to like make the smooth limo ride, but like, he's not willing to, he's too scared to go out of his comfort zone to get it done. And I like seeing those two sort of go against each other, um, in that way. And that's why I really like the scenes of the two of them, like, um, talking with each other. I, I, I think that like putting it against a movie like John Wick is almost unfair. It's fair in the sense of like the action, um, but i would say that like one is much more interested in the with the characters at hand um than as much as i love john wick and i worked for thunder road so nothing but love but um <clears throat> i think that like the point of that is to have action and the point of this i think is to sort of see these characters go through um their arcs and fundamentally like i i would agree with you that the movie is um i think i would be less emphatic about it truly honestly and not just because i'm a cruise guy but i think his performance in this is really good like really good and i think that him as a bad guy he's already scary Mm. you know what i mean like cruise is already scary and having him be a fucking hitman and he's a robot. Like he he moves with such intensity and with such vigor that you're just like horrified at what he might do. And I think he plays that really well and I think one of the things this movie does that I don't think a lot of other movies can utilize as well is his coldness that he can have. Um I mean there's the famous story of Christian Bale saying that he based um, his character Patrick Bateman, um, off of an interview he saw of Cruz, where he said that he saw intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes, um, <laughs> and I think that this movie uses the nothing behind the eyes thing, um, to really great effect, and I, I think that makes this movie, from a pretty good movie to a pretty great movie in my books, but I, I, I will agree. It's not perfect. I think that second act makes it go into All right, this is pretty good territory.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like I like any movie that uh I don't know why, it kind of it reminded me of Scott Pilgrim versus the World only in, in the, what way? In the way that it's sort of laid out that like we need to do these five things. Mm, I see and then you can sort of track your progress through through the movie. movie. Yes, and I like that that element, but I thought in high school, me and my friends would make <coughs> like a we would like make a list and like ranking all of the Scott Pilgrim fights, and I really hope that no one is making a list ranking the kills and collateral because I feel like none of them are that exciting or just like there, there's no, they don't feel that different from each other. Uh I don't know that I agree with that.
1: I mean, the first kill you don't really see. I mean, you, that's when the one lands on the yeah the top oh. of that guy. Um, uh, but uh, I don't view this as an action movie. I like in the same way that I view.
2: Well, maybe my problem is that that is the mindset I was trying to have. And so everything that wasn't the action scenes just felt like we were moving from one scene to the next. I, I would
1: never ask you to do this anytime soon, but I would ask you to go rewatch it the whole way through. Um, not going in wanting like a John Wick or a or, or or something like that, where like that is the point. Because I think that there is something um, with the characters that's deeper um
2: i i also have to say that I, i'm not sure how this factors in on a formal basis but also just after all of the things we've heard about michael mann being not the nicest person to work with on set I, i've have just,
1: we kept any of that on the record
2: i i i'm pretty sure we did
1: um yeah but off the record we've heard some crazy things about he, michael mann
2: yes uh and i i we won't spend too much time on this, but just I'm a little predispositioned to not like the movie the now.
1: man oh
2: because being nice to people is like a really like good, cool quality, it's like a thing I think that much i guess but i do. mean
1: if your friend if you if you like David Fincher movies, he's not exactly the nice i mean he's not abusive in the same way that I think man can be. But yeah, like,
2: I, I, but I mean, when we talk about David Fincher on the show, no one is like secretly like trashing him behind his back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but like,
1: I I don't know that that's like wholly a fair thing to put, because it doesn't show up in the movie. I think like if you watch like a Woody Allen movie where he's trying to like have sex with 17 year old girls, like, yeah, it's in the movie. Formal... And so it's way, it's way more difficult to sort of separate. Yeah. yeah separate that but i i don't know that that shows up other than the sort of detail obsessive like he makes movies about professionals that are the best at what they do Mm -hmm. um i don't know that that shows up in the movie um but yeah i don't i i think what what did you think that it looked weird in terms of the digital cinematography of it all
2: Isn't this, like, sort of right at the cusp of when films... Because when you said that it was shot digitally, I was sort of surprised because of the timeline of it. Because isn't this right in the time when things could kind of go either way?
1: It's just before that time. Um, So, Attack of the Clones is, like, the first major motion picture to be shot all digitally. And it's shot at, like, 1080p and looks like shit. Mm. No offense. but uh to Mark Sexton storyboard artist on the film. Um Yeah.
2: Beloved guest. Yes.
1: Great um, episode by the way. Very good episode with a Tom Cruise story in it no less. Nice um <clears throat> But I think um so so anyway so Attack of the Clones comes out that has that's fully digital and then th- for this movie because so much of it takes place at night and digital cameras have are better with light sensitivity. Mm. Um Michael Mann's like all right I'm going to go dig- I'm going to go digital mode um for for a lot of the for night stuff for
2: everything that isn't the club scene
1: Yeah, I mean I'm sure there's other stuff that's shot on film too, but a, a lot of the stuff that's like at night outside in LA um is all kind of shot digitally because uh they can capture it better. Um I mean it it's it looks weirdly enough I think it it got kind of a bad rap when it came out for the digital look of it. Um, Because people were like, this doesn't look like film. And I think it's kind of reverted somehow where I think because so many more movies are shot or most movies now are shot digitally. um, It doesn't look odd as much anymore. Um, But yeah, but then so 2004 is when this gets released. So it was shot in like 2003. And then this camera is then used on Superman Returns, which is 2006. And I think... Maybe also on Zodiac, which comes out the next year, wow, um, and that <clears throat> and and I, I would say like two thousand like ten is where movies are like one way or the other, like yeah, okay, um, because two thousand ten is when the social network comes out, and the the red camera on that is pretty fucking awesome, uh, yeah, for the time, um, and then it's. It's all digital.
2: I'm just thinking about how... Didn't Clint Wallace, set designer, say that this was like 80, 80 straight nights or something like that?
1: Yeah, because it's all takes place continuously.
2: That sounds like a fucking hell shoot.
1: Yes, it does like, sound terrible.
2: I know in both of our, <coughs> our film careers, probably inevitably, there will be a time where we're like nocturnally flipped for a night shoot like that. And... O- only in my most depressed moments in utah did i have a s- sleeping schedule like that and it's not good no it's there not was, good at all uh, you, do, I, you don't not seeing the sun is not good
1: i uh, i'm a research assistant on i of the duck um and um i, I recently done an episode for them f- uh, for day of the dead where they did um well wait I guess that was slightly different, but for Day of the Dead, they filmed in like a real mine, mm-hmm. um, wow. and so they would that wake up dangerous. At, they would wake up at five. Well, it's like discontinued, but um, but Normal like yes, yeah, but yeah, uh, people got very sick after filming, um, probably
2: because the air quality.
1: But they would I wake how up how
2: miners feel,
1: miners, like children. Trent, you wonder how children feel about this.
2: No, I just meant like miners' lungs. Given that they do it for a profession, they're mm. like they, That is probably a long-term struggle for them.
1: Anyways, uh, they people on Day of the Dead would have to wake up at four a.m., go into the mine, film all day, and then get out at like twelve a.m. or something like that. Or wait, no, not twelve, but like like at night. Mm-hmm. And so for like three months, they did not see daylight. And that sounds terrible.
2: Yeah. I I saw a time lapse recently <coughs> and it was like and, and it was like six cats in one house which is a problem in and of itself but it was like cats over the course of the day all like working very hard to move into like the single beam of light reflecting onto the ground like through the window and showing that like creatures need sunlight that they do yes uh, we we're really we're really in, in the
1: weeds, the weeds. yeah.
2: For like yeah, um, where do we go from here? Well, obviously, world of worlds, but uh, in terms of salvaging this episode, well,
1: I mean, like, uh, it seems you didn't. D- uh, like, uh, let's go into the ratings gauntlet, I guess. Wait. Oh no! Oh dear! Not Par- again,
2: Parth. I really wanted to go into the ratings gauntlet. Wait, but, Trent, but, but Christopher stuff- Nolan.
1: He's shooting Oppenheimer.
2: He's testing out a practical
0: bomb. No! He's using no visual effects. Please, please, help us! We're dying. Rescue! It's burning!
2: Christopher Nolan. Uh, wait, don't you want to get killed? By Christopher Nolan's test atomic bomb. Yeah. And then you can get like, and then you can get like, a, this movie's dedicated to at the end. I guess if I
1: was immortalized through Nolan's film. Yeah.
2: I'm sure you would take, you would take that over living out your remaining years.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's there left, you know? Um, I'm,
2: uh, I'm sacrificing myself so I can get a, so I can get a special thanks in, in the Barbie, in the Barbie film. Mm. Yep.
1: i see did you see the trailer came out today
2: i saw the little 2001 (coughs) tease but i didn't know if it extended further than that and i know you guys feel strongly about not watching trailers and so that i
1: don't i don't i don't mind watching jackson doesn't like to
2: oh okay then uh then i think this won't be the first time i'm saying this but i agree with you and jackson's stupid sometimes
1: Oh, I, I I, just, I'm at a point where I don't care about spoilers. The movie's the movie. If I mean, I, I'm not going to seek them out, and for movies I care about, I'm going to try not to watch, or, like,
2: it listen to spoilers. It but doesn't like, make sense, because if you're at the movie theater, you're not going to leave the theater during the trailers. Yeah, but and, and, I don't know. And, but, so, and so, sort of, why why avoid it?
1: I, I just feel like I don't care to put in the time or the effort to...
2: It would take more avoid time it. and effort to avoid it.
1: Yeah, that's my opinion. And also, if if the movie's going to be ha- be ruined by me having watched the trailer, then that's then it wasn't a good on, movie. On the
2: movie's behalf. Yeah. Yes. But also, like watching trailers, <clears throat> like good or bad, in terms of getting excited and prepared for a movie, is like a fun. Like event. to
1: me, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Like I like rewatching the trailers and like, before movie or like I remember like. When Star Wars: The Force Awakens was coming out, I would watch like all the trailers, like all the promotional in, in order, like of when it came out. So I'd see the teaser trailer, trailer one, trailer two, trailer three.
2: Wow, th- that's like thinking about how manic fourteen year old Star Wars themed Parth was is is hard for me. Yeah, Give, given both of our standoffish relationship with Star Wars uh, as as it stands,
1: yeah. first movie I saw uh, without parents. Or like was, without adults.
2: Was Star Wars Force Awakens? Yeah. Wow. Mine was Alvin and the Chipmunks.
1: Well, at least it was something good.
2: Well, I feel like my parents are either just a lot more trusting or a lot less responsible <coughs> than yours. Hmm. Um, all right. I I heard on Andor is good.
1: On Andor? It's just Andor.
2: No, I don't. I, no, I just mispronounced it the first time.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Uh yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's really good, but it it I'm not shocked by it being good. Um, it's show run by Tony Gilroy, who wrote the scripts for the original Born trilogy, and those are really good movies. So, mm.
2: I heard an interview with Matt Damon today. I'm sure you know this because you're. Is it the Avatar? It's the Avatar thing. Yeah, it that Matt Damon turned down ten percent of the gross of avatar uh and who who is he replaced by what's the name of that actor sam worthington yes
1: at least it was someone of equal caliber
2: i mean the movie i mean kind of their faces kind of look like kind of a lot alike
1: i mean they're they're white men
2: well well, that's true i mean um i mean avatar persists without matt damon but i was thinking is Avatar even a bigger deal if Matt Damon is in it? I mean,
1: no, but I would probably like care about it more. Like, I like Matt Damon, and I don't particularly care much for like for or against the Worthington, Worthington. State. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's get back on track. Yeah. Wow. Um. Uh. Recommend rewatch. I guess we kind of know the answer on rewatch. Um, and ranking or or rating. Sorry.
2: Um, would I recommend, like sure, but like, but like a soft like, yeah, you know, um, rewatch, I feel like I owe it that in order to really say that I watched it because I only just found out about how this movie ends, and is it just Tom Cruise sort of giving up, or it-
1: no, he's dead. Did you not pick up on that?
0: On the train at the end. Yes. He dies. Um. I thought he was
2: just sitting. I thought he was just sitting there. Does he die? Fr- <laughs> does he die from? This his- is the
1: craziest thing I've ever seen.
2: Does he die from? <laughs> He's sustained dead. Injuries.
0: Yeah, Jamie Fox shoots him. This is the like funny. multiple times.
1: Like the lights go out, they uh-huh. face off, and then okay, he shoots him. I
2: remember that. Oh, okay. I saw that, um, and I thought because then his like cartridge falls out, and I thought they're both out of bullets.
1: No, and then he his cartridge goes falls out, and he goes to put another one in, and he like, uh, uh, and he's he's wounded in battle.
2: Yeah, I saw that his like ear was all bloody, and then, or something. and then
1: you and then you see him. Yeah, and like, then I saw him slowly go. Uh,
2: I just saw him sl- slowly sit down, and then I saw Jamie Foxx and and the girl who isn't gonna go on a second date with him um, leave the train, and I just thought, oh, Tom Cruise is just like, oh, he won. <clears throat> like, he's just giving it to him.
1: No, he's dead. I mean, he did win, I guess, but he's wow. dead.
2: I mean, kind of speaks to how thoroughly I watched this movie. Um...
1: <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that.
2: I, I, like I was, I was pretty open about the fact that this movie made me fall asleep both times I tried to watch it, and I, I, it's. I'll spend the rest of my life trying to figure out if that's my fault or if that's Michael Mann's fault.
1: Uh, I'll say it's your fault, personally.
2: Okay, um, and I'm gonna give this like a six. No, I like a five point five on the basis that like it's a good. I like think it's a fine enough movie but just like not not for me. I, I all right. Um uh, well,
1: um yeah, I'd recommend this. I've rewatched this. Um, no,
2: I mean, I'm wrong in the way that every person who I've been like like have you seen collateral to try to like find some sympathizers who were like also like feel that collateral is just fine and everyone is like collateral is fucking awesome so if i'm alone on this i'm fine with it. Um, i like blonde i like blonde tom cruise you, uh, it's the
1: name you've chosen and we we although i think maybe we should call you blonde cruise blonde cruise um wait let me take a screenshot actually just for the humble podcast listeners
0: This is taking longer than I thought. Sorry.
2: You could be Jamie Foxx.
1: Alright, I, I did it. <clears throat> Alright. Um yes, I would recommend this definitely. Um I have rewatched this many times. I think it gets better the more you rewatch it. Um like an eight. <clears> one <throat>
2: well, you know one I watched the other day that I'm fully down with saying is a better movie than this.
1: Trent is about to say the craziest shit no, you've ever you, heard. You ready? What?
2: S- surfs up. Have you seen that?
1: Fuck you. Are you kidding me? Surfs up.
2: Um, yeah, surfs
1: up over I had, collateral.
2: I, I cannot describe how. Many I don't
1: know how the movie ends. Wait, I was just impersonating someone else. I know that's my bad. We should quickly t- tell everybody where we they can find us and everything. I um, agree. And then. We have to tell the story.
2: I know. I was wondering if we'd if we'd ever circle back.
1: All right. Uh go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Uh that you can get your podcasts and go follow our Instagram and Twitter, um, uh, to get updates on what, when the next episodes come out. Spoiler alert, it's every Sunday. Um
2: And usually we'll have more informed opinions on the films of the week, but I I was just feeling very, I was feeling very sleepy this week and we're lucky Mm. to have an episode at all. Um, Um, but, but should we, should we circle back? And, and I feel like what we're best at is talking about things that aren't the movie. So sure. Do do, do, do you want to take on the, the bulk and I'll just pepper in some details?
1: Sure. So, uh, as so I'll I'll
2: I'll be the Tom Cruise and you be the Jamie Foxx. Like this is your story, but I'm I'll bring some conflict.
1: Yeah, yo, yo, homie. Uh, you'll bring the yo homies. Um, so I was throwing a uh a, a wee party at my apartment. Uh, people were going over coming over, and just before people were coming over, I'd seen from I live in an apartment building, and my apartment building is across from another apartment building, and where my old apartment was you could look into other people's apartments and see them um and w- w- is that
2: not the case anymore? can you No, not- you
1: you can kind of, but not not as it used to be like you were facing them and now yeah, it's yeah. like kind of off to the side. Um but anyways, uh we sometimes we like to we liked to, to people watch um and one time just before the party was happening, uh friends of the show Claire and Chloe uh, were looking out, and they were like, "Oh my God, what is going on over there with that guy across from us?" And we look, and we see that there's this guy, and we can't tell whether he's dancing, having sex, like what's going on. But he's like going around with like a, like a, a towel or something. We're like, "What is happening?" Um, and then he starts fucking up his blinds, and we're like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And it's it's a it's either a Friday or a Saturday night, and we try to go over to the apartment. And but they're closed. And then we ask our apartment, like, is there anything we can do? And they're like, no. And then he stops after a while and we're like, all right, Uh, like, I guess that's
2: it. But when you say fucking up the blinds, like, it's hard to describe, like, imagine them if you like intertwined and tangled a set of blinds so bad, like
1: really bad. Like, horribly bad. It,
2: it'd be like, you would have to strike it with this flailing towel for, like, hours.
1: But it wasn't the towel. He was, with his bare hands, like, making it go into itself and stuff. Like, it was it was bizarre.
2: But seeing this the night of and the next morning, like, well, after what the What happened
1: was, the, during the party, he mm-hmm. stopped. And we were yeah. like, alright. We were able to enjoy ourselves. We things. were able to enjoy ourselves. And then the next morning, he starts doing it again. And we're like, but now there's, like, all these people at my apartment just, that have just slept over, and we're like, oh my and god. And who are
2: what? now sober and need something to be invested in.
1: Yeah. And so I, I come out of my room after we were done watching The Dark Knight or something, and I see that there's just all these people just watching this guy fuck up his blinds. And, and it,
2: by this point, he's, like, extending his arm out the very narrow opening of the window and yes. sort of just fla- flailing it. And we're like... In a way where it's, like, he can't do anything that crazy, but, like, we just see the direction that this is heading. And
1: we're, like, this is bad. This is really bad. And we call, we'd held off on calling the police for a long time because we were, like, well, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, what but, are they going to do? But then what, this guy's starting to like...
1: take his hands out the window, and, like, it doesn't, like, it looks like he's trying to do something not good. Mm. And we're, like, maybe we, I guess, have to. So I called the police. And I'm. I explain the situation to them, and then they come to my apartment. But when after I call the police, we're like, "Oh fuck!" Now police are coming to my apartment, and we've just had this party. And at this time, um, it's pre my twenty first birthday. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and so we start a major cleanup operation, and then a bunch of people, once we're done cleaning up, are like, "Uh, anyways, bye guys," and they start leaving because they're cowards. Um, and then some people are like, uh, we need to go on a bagel run. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then they leave and I'm just waiting. And then we hear a knock and the police officers are there. Police officers come in and they're like, oh, making breakfast. And I'm really stressed out and scared. And I say, no, just on a bagel run. (laughs) Don't know why I say that to them. Um, they're like, okay. Um, so I point out the guy in the room and everything. And, um, They're like, all right, well, we'll go check it out. And the way my apartment is situated is such that you can see...
2: A perfect angle.
1: A perfect angle of, like, how they would have to enter into the apartment building. You can see the street and everything.
2: Yeah, we have a top-down, bird's-eye view uh, of, of, like, a god's view in a film. Uh, Yes. And and we see the police exit your building, try to go into their building, and then probably give it, like, 30 seconds worth of effort. Probably...
0: (coughs)
1: Yeah, they don't, they don't call anybody, they don't do anything. They go outside the building, tug on the door a little bit, see that it's, like, locked, stand there for, like, ten which seconds. Is,
2: which is obvious, given that they would need a key card to get in.
1: And then go back into their car and leave.
2: And, and drive away.
1: And this is what we are paying our police to do.
2: Yeah. Um, I wonder what the fate of that young man is. I'm, I'm afraid. His
1: blinds are fixed um, as of this semester. All of last semester they were fucked, but...
2: Yeah, I'm sure that that wasn't just a, pay- a maintenance person who was paid to do it. I'm sure that they s- sorted out their situation and untangled the blinds well,
1: well, I don't think they did that, but I do hope that they're better now. But yeah, seems like they're all right now. Trent is being nuzzled by friend of the show Jordan Sikafoos. It's frankly suffocating.
2: And when you start getting nuzzled, that's when all good episodes come to an end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I I guess next week just join us for part one of our um interview with um
2: War of the Worlds.
1: War of the World storyboard artist Dave Lowry.
2: There you go. Oh, like David Lowry, like, the like, director like the of director. The Green Knight.
1: Yeah. Um and then that sounds... that's gonna be our second to last episode for the year
2: the beginning of the end.
1: And we're ju- we're going to have our end of year episode after that, and then it's going to be a whole new year.
2: What but... an exciting time to have a podcast.
1: Yes. All right. Um some like truly horrifying things are happening in front of me involving Jordan and Trent. So
2: horrifying um... as in some light hugging and um
1: guys stop. Stop. All right. Uh but